Sidewalk Audio and PatioBooks.com presents The Prince of Hazel and Oak A podcast novel by John Lenahan Book 2 of the Shadow Magic series Read by the author Chapter 8. Spidog. I ducked back down and reviewed my situation. The only thing I deduced was that I was in trouble and Brendan was screwed. What did Doggy tell me? When in doubt, stay still and listen. So I did, but I couldn't hear anything except Brendan's heavy breathing. Brendan, I said in a loud whisper, can you see anything? Straight in the back at the other end of the room, I saw a flash of something green. He strained his neck for a better look. Nothing now. Are you okay? I think so. Keep watching. I'm coming to get you. I peered around the corner of the weapon stand and was just about to make a dash for Brendan when I heard a heavy intake of breath from behind me. I whirled to see a hooded man in a bright green tunic and brown leather leggings standing behind me. In one hand he held a bow and in the other an arrow. I instantly spun both sticks, one high and one low. Like he was reading my mind, he twisted his whole body vertical and kicked my right foot directly at my left fingers where I was holding the low banta. The stick flew out of my hand. My other weapon he blocked with the string of his bow. No one had ever done that to me before. My stick sprung back so far I completely lost form. My whole left side was exposed, and my opponent didn't hesitate in exploiting that fact. I'm not quite sure what he did next, but I think it was a swipe to the kidneys with a bow and a kick to the back of the legs with his foot, maybe both feet. Whatever, I went down like a hippo on ice. After bouncing my forehead off the deck, I came to a stop with the green goblin kneeling on the backs of my arms and something very pointy sticking into the back of my neck. My left cheek was pressed against the floor. Out of the corner of my right eye, I could just make out an open-mouthed Brendan trying to escape his feathered clothespins. The sharp pain in my neck stopped, and an arrow sizzled through the air, planting itself about two inches from Brendan's nose. "'Do not move, druid,' Greeny shouted. Brendan may not have answered, but he certainly obeyed. The pain in my collar resumed, forcing me to conclude that there was a cocked arrow pointing at the back of my neck. Even though he didn't tell me not to move, I decided that not moving was a good idea. I have been waiting for you, druid, Greeny said as he pushed the point of the arrow hard into my neck. Hey, buddy, I said, you got the wrong guys. We're not druids. Do not insult me. There are still people in the land who can recognize a feely, and I am one of them. The feely have been exonerated, haven't you heard? The ones who own those bows will never be exonerated, he said. This guy definitely had the drop on me, and I figured it was only a matter of time before he grotted me, so I made what turned out to be a futile attempt to buck him off my back. It only resulted in my head getting bounced off the floor one more time. Relax, druid. You have a meeting with the Lord of Dor before I release you into a cell. Up till then, I figured like I always do when somebody attacks me out of the blue, that this was probably some sort of assassin hired by Kielty. Now I realize that this idiot worked here. 
The Lord of Dor is incapacitated. Does that mean you now take commands from his prince? The pressure from the arrowhead slackened. Yes. Then I, Connor of Dor, command you to get your butt off of me. It's amazing what a royal title can do in the right situation. Greeny hopped directly off me. I groaned erect as fast as my not-quite-broken limbs would allow. My attacker's hood was back. I was a bit surprised to see wrinkles around the piercing green eyes. This guy had been around for longer than probably anyone I had yet met in the land. He wore a waxed mustache and a meticulously trimmed goatee that pointed directly to the bow and arrow that he still had levied at my chest. "'Lower your weapon,' I said, trying very hard to sound like my father. "'Yes, my lord,' he said as he released the tension in his bow. "'Now, who are you, and why have you attacked my royal personage-age?' As I mentioned before, I'm not a big fan of all the regal bowing and curtsying people do around the castle, but after a guy kicks you in the back, the sight of him groveling a little is very satisfying. I am Spidog, master-at-arms of Castle Dor. I am sorry, your highness. Behind me, I heard Brendan trying to extradite himself. Greeny pulled back his bowstring and fired another arrow that planted itself about an inch from the previous one. I think if this guy wanted to, he could shoot fleas off a dog at 50 paces. Connor, Brendan shouted, tell him to stop doing that. Hey, stop doing that, I said. Spidog had already notched another arrow from the quiver on his back. Instruct the druid to leave the U-bows alone. Oh, I see. Okay, first of all, he's not a druid, and secondly, we didn't know they were you. Brendan, I shouted over my shoulder, don't touch the bows. If he stops shooting at me, I'll put my hands in my pocket and not touch another thing all day. Now, will somebody unpin me? I feel like a wanted poster. You heard the man, I said to Spidog, still using my dad's voice. Put your weapon away and help him down. The arrows were embedded so far into the wood that we had to snap them to unpin the cop. Brendan rolled up his sleeve and examined the cut that the second arrow had inflicted. It wasn't much more than a bad scratch, but that didn't stop Brendan from being very mad. Why, you son of a... He took a swing at the archer's nose. Without any seemingly quick movements, Spidog casually brought up his left hand, connected the back of his palm with the side of Brendan's advancing fist, and pushed the punch off target. His hand sailed harmlessly past Spidog's ear, and Brendan stumbled forward. Confused at what had just happened, but still just as mad, Brendan took another swing to precisely the same effect. Lord Connor, instruct your companion to stop attacking me. Stop attacking him, Brendan. He didn't listen. I once heard that the definition of insanity is when you do the same thing over and over again, but expect different results. Well, Brendan did the same thing again, but this time he did get a different result. This time, Spidog's hand parry was accompanied by a kick that dropped Brendan about as quickly as I had been dropped earlier. It ended with Spidog kneeling over Brendan's back and holding his wrist in what looked like a very painful position. The archer gave me a pleading look. Brendan, are you going to knock it off? Yes, he groaned on the floor. Spidog let go. I was expecting Brendan to get up 
furious. Instead, he came up wide-eyed and said, How did you do that? Simple, the man in green said, bouncing on his toes. Your attack was sloppy, and I... Well, I am very good. Brendan rubbed his sore shoulder and amazingly smiled. Can you teach me that? Why, I would be delighted. First, stand with your feet in a stance just wider than your shoulders. Then, uh, excuse me, remember me? Prince of Dor? Ah, yes, your highness, I will teach you as well, Spidok said. You obviously need some combat training. Take today, for instance. You are standing in an armory with all manner of weapons and shields, and when you came under attack from an arrow, you chose a stick. Who in the land taught you defense? My father and Master Dahi, I said defensively. Dahi, of course. Sticks and elbows. I'm surprised any of you are still alive. Now, hold on a minute, I said, straightening up. I'll not have you bad-mouthing Master Dahi. Why, I ought to... Easy, Connor, Brendan said, coming between us. You don't want to take a swing at him. I tried that. It doesn't work. Anyway, didn't we come here for a reason? Yes, I said, giving Spidog one last dirty look. Mom said the sort of door is in here. It is, my lord, the green man replied. The lawnmower is right over there. What did you call it? The lawnmower. Your father had it renamed when he returned it to the armory. Sure enough, there she was, in the middle of the weapon racks, in a gold-flecked, clear crystal case, the family blade. At the base was a silver plaque that read, Lawnmower, the Sword of Door. I couldn't help but laugh. Lawnmower? Brendan asked, confused. It's a long story. If I may ask, my lord, said Spidog, what is a lawnmower? What did my father tell you? Lord Oisin and I do not chat. I can't imagine why not, I said sarcastically. But to answer your question, it's a machine used to keep grass short. And what is wrong with sheep? Spidog removed an acorn-shaped gold medallion from around his neck and slid it into the slot at the base of the display. The gold embedded in the glass glowed. A seam appeared in the front panel, and then it opened on invisible hinges like tiny church doors. I reached in and grabbed the sword of door. It always surprises me how light and contoured to my hand the lawnmower is. It felt like an extension of my arm. I once let a raff hold it and was amazed when he complained how uncomfortable the handle was. I mentioned what he said to Dad, and he said, It's a door thing. The blade knows a child of oak. Okay, now that we're all pals, Brendan said, how come you attacked me when I reached for the bow? I did not attack you, Spidog corrected. If I had attacked you, you would be dead. I merely stopped you. Okay, why did you stop me then? He stopped you, Brendan, I answered, because the bow is not yours. I wasn't going to steal it. You would is special around here, I said. Only a master archer can use a yew bow, and if you want one, you have to get the wood yourself from a yew tree. Only a person who has asked for the wood and was deemed worthy by the tree 
can use that bow. Deemed worthy by a tree? It's complicated. I'll explain later. Ah, now I see, Spidog exclaimed. You must be the voyager from the real world. I am, Brendan replied. Aha! I pay little attention to the gossip of the castle, but I now remember hearing of you. Spidog turned to me. If I may, my lord, all you said is true, but that is not why I fired on the voyager. The reason I stopped him was because he looks uncannily like a feely. Why would you attack a feely? I asked. These bows belong to Maeve's druid archers from the feely war. Oh my gods, I said. Those are from the soldiers who were killed when Maeve's massive shadow spell backfired. That is correct. But why were they not burned with the dead? Who said they are dead? Um, everybody? I was there, Prince. I saw no bodies. What? Everyone presumes the feely died when Maeve performed her foul witchcraft, but I saw no dead. I saw an amber wave, I saw the feely scream and writhe in pain, but then they vanished. Behind them they left their clothes and weapons, in fact, all of their landly possessions, but no bodies. No bodies, no murder, Brendan mumbled. Gosh, I said, where have I heard that before? Most think I am mad, but I live here in the armory and guard against the druid's return. He is a bit mad, Mom said later that night when I told her about my adventure in the armory. I left out the part where Spidog aimed an arrow at my neck. You know how Mom gets when somebody tries to hurt me. But there is no better fighter in the land. He has even bested Dahi. While Kyolti was on the throne of Oak, he lived deep in the Ulands and reportedly waged a pretty effective one-man resistance war against Kyolti's banshee patrols. Apparently, Dad doesn't like him. Oh, oh, son, he drives your father crazy. To be honest, that's one of the things I like best about Spidog, Mom said with a mischievous grin that quickly changed into a frown. The frown she always seemed to be wearing these days. Then she said, The other reason I like him is because he keeps the armory so tidy. You have been listening to The Prince of Hazel and Oak, a podcast novel by John Lenehan. Music gratefully provided by Lunasa. You can hear more of their fabulous music at www.lunasa.ie. That's L-U-N-A-S-A dot I-E. You can learn more about Shadow Magic and its author on www.shadowmagic.co.uk. Thank you so much for listening. Shadow Magic, book one of this series, is available from HarperCollins in paperback, EPUB, and Kindle formats. 